Today's episode is brought to you by Canvas. Do you know how long it takes you to measure and model an as-built? Probably more time than you'd like. Canvas replaces hours of manual measuring with a few minutes of scanning with your iPhone or iPad. And Canvas eliminates the hours, if not days, of taking your measurements and turning them into a 3D as-built or 2D floor plan, all for pennies per square foot. You can try Canvas for free and download it at www.canvas.io and make sure to use promo code BF23. That's www.canvas.io and promo code BF23. All right, now back to the show. Hey, I'm Spencer Powell, and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey, and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Kobus Breitenbach, and he is the owner of 33 North Homes. 33 North Homes and Construction is a family-owned and operated business founded in 2018, and Kobus brings more than 15 years of experience in construction and remodeling to the table, and he also has a great passion for all things beautiful. Now for my conversation with Kobus Breitenbach. Hey, Kobus, welcome to the show. Thank you, Spencer. appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. Well, give everyone a little bit of context. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? Sure. My name is Kobus Breitenbach. I own, with my wife, we own a design build firm called 33 North Homes of Construction here in the Atlanta market. And yeah, we've been running it now for about four or five years. Right on. Cool. So yeah, you said four or five years. Did you, I guess, why'd you decide to start a company? I've always been starting companies. It's pretty much been a continuous thing since I first came over to the States about 20 years ago. But it's over time, as you start one, you learn, you're going to move on, you learn some more and you keep going. And then the last, not the last one, but I've owned about three or four different companies. But after the 06 collapse, you know, I kind of started one there and did that for about four or five years, got into the insurance restoration side of things and you know, just roof replacement. I feel like everybody got into the roofing game at that point. I did that for a few years. And then we started to talk about having kids and stuff like that. It's like, well, I can't be chasing storms anymore. So like, I need to figure out something where I can stay home, I can be present, that sort of thing. So, you know, kind of went back to my roots, which is cabinetry. And it's over the years, the company just evolved from you no know, subcontracting work to, you know, to you buy the cabinets, we'll install it for you to now we're just full-blown design build. Gotcha. That's cool. And so when you started this one, you said four or five years ago, did you start that saying like, we're going to be design builder? That was kind of when you were doing other stuff too, cabinetry. and We weren't doing that much subcontracting work anymore about when we started this one up, but I would say about two and a half, three years ago is when we really switched over to the full-blown design build process. It just made things easier. 
you know, keeps everything in house. We have a showroom now. So people come to our showroom and they pick all the finishes as opposed to going to third parties. We have an in-house designer that helps the clients do the selections, et cetera. So it definitely just helps us control the process a little bit better, gets the material into the warehouse. Just a lot more control. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, 33 North, it sounds like there might be a story behind the name or is there there's something it, there? <laughs> it's either the longitude or the latitude of Atlanta. That is like, I think it's like 33 point something, something, something. But I was trying to find names and websites. You know, It's like 10 years ago, you could come up with a company name, go to GoDaddy, buy the domain. Now it's like so many guys are just anything and everything they can imagine. They just buy them. And they try and sell them back to you for, for ridiculous amounts of money. So I was like playing around with Atlanta homes, Atlanta construction. I just couldn't find anything. So I was like, all right, let me try this. And it was there. So, so that's cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. I like it right on. Well, maybe share a little bit about like the first one or two years of, of this company. You know, what were, what were some early wins and milestones and maybe a, a mistake that you made that you wish you could have done something differently? Yeah. So that's a good question. I would say when I first started, I mean, I just got my GC license. So I was kind of going after, I wouldn't call it the low-hanging fruit per se, but like we didn't have a name in the market. You know, we didn't have any marketing going, anything like that. But I was pretty tied in with the real estate investment community just from, so I worked, I did some time working for hedge funds and kind of doing their pre-construction deal analysis for them and stuff like that. So we started doing flips for investors. And that's actually, I was working for a new home construction builder and just got burnt out doing that. I was looking for something a little bit more. We ended up doing our own flips. And then more and more people started seeing our work in the community and they were like, well, can you come do flips for me? And I kind of steamrolled into that. So I'd say the first year and a half, two years was really just majority of it was real estate investing work, you know, flipping properties for investors. And that's, if you're going to start a business, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a, that, that was a mistake on my part, but it, it kind of got us going at the beginning, mm-hmm. gave us a little bit of a portfolio. Why do you say and don't do that? You know, they beat you up on pricing. It's yeah. it's a constant it's a constant nickel and dime game. No, they yeah, want because they nice got to make their returns. So yeah, they're just correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, stuff. I mean, if you absolutely have to do it to put food in your table for your family, do it. But don't don't go into that side of things. Going okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next twenty years and building a business on it. Because most real estate investors they don't care about the contractor at all. You're just another spoke in the wheel. If they get somebody else that's going to come and save them hundred bucks, they're going to push you aside and go with that person. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So when did you make the shift kind of out of like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. We actually had one particular investor that tried to extort us. I'm not going to go into the details with it, but they in essence tried to take my license away and I had to go to the state and beat my case. And the state was like, yep, you're good. They gave me a new license number. They were like, this person's not going to go away. If you want to do further legal action against them, you can. I was like, I'm not interested in that. So they kind of gave me a new, new number new company name, started the thing afresh. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm really going to take control of this now and not just be an order taker. Like, yeah. At that point, we totally stopped doing, like, we don't do labor only at all. Like if somebody says, hey, we have the materials once you can do the work, we're like, sorry, we just, we don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You want to control, control the whole project. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess just thinking about like, it sounds like you've operated a few different businesses, but what do you think you love most about being an entrepreneur? That is a... Good and a tricky question. Some days I love it, or some days I. It's usually it. a double-edged sword answer. So yeah, it's, I guess it's just the upside potential being able to do your own thing. You know, a lot of people get into go. Oh, I want to start a business because I want to make my own hours. And you end up working more, but you can do it on your terms. 
you know, which is nice. I, I would say it's the time freedom. And now I'm at the point where like my wife works in the company. Like we've got a friend that's a project manager. He works in the company. So it's really kind of cool to be able to work with people close to you and being able to build a company. And now my kids are getting older. And I mean, every time my kids come to the office, you know, they have their own little section where they go sit with their computers and their little laptops and play around. My boys constantly telling me, like, this is going to be my office one day. That's awesome. Probably not this particular one because we probably won't be in this space at that point, at least hopefully not. But yeah, it's just kind of building a legacy. You know, as mm-hmm. opposed to just having a job for a paycheck. It's more about let's build something for the future and you can either sell it or hand it down to the kids or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I feel like a very common answer is like the ability to control your own destiny to some degree, you know, and then the the time freedom in terms of the flexibility, not in, in the such that it's always like no hours or less hours, but it's just, hey, you can kind of drive where your hours go and, and that's yeah. right. So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, you said it's kind of, you know, maybe double-sided or tricky answer. Like, what do you think is one of the toughest parts about running your own business? Just the different levels. You know, when, when you start out, your challenges are way different from, now let's say you do up to $500,000 a year in revenue. Your challenges are way different from the guy that's doing 500 to a million. And then from a million to 2 million, like you think you figure something out and then you kind of reach the next level and a new set of challenges present itself and you got to figure that out. Like we're at the point now where it's more, how do we structure? Like what departments do we need to have in order to control stuff? And and I'm not there yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. A lot of it still falls on my plate, which is why I tend to work so many hours. But when I say work a lot of hours, like I will work from 7 a.m. to 5, go home for three hours, put the kids to bed and then come back to the office for two or three hours. You know, so it's not like like I'm away from the family the whole time because that's the flexibility that you have with running your own business. But it's just really trying to figure out which silos or which components do you need to have in place in order to scale further. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say anybody can bootstrap a business up to a million dollars a year. But after that, you really have to start putting systems and processes in place because otherwise it's just it's going to become too too much. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a funny thing, you know, like at the beginning, you're kind of, you know, you do everything and you have all the control and then if you want more freedom in your business, you have to give up more and more control and put in these systems and people in place. Exactly. And so it's, yeah, yeah it's and a funny it's scary. Dichotomy. Yeah. No, it's scary letting go of that control, but then once you let go of it, you're like, oh, I should have done that yeah, year like, ago. Oh, I should have done that years <laughs> ago. What do you think, I guess, has there anything that's come up that's really surprised you about being an entrepreneur or owning your own business? Taxes. <laughs> Taxes, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you have some years where like, you feel like you didn't make any money and you get your tax bill like, Where's the money that I'm supposed to have made to have this tax burden? So that, that always kind of surprises me. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Yeah, I know. I keep waiting for them to lower, lower those, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> hey, guys. I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems and 
I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Where do you have the most fun in your business? The most fun, I would say, is the design process. And the sales. I mean, I really do enjoy the sales too, especially now that we've got our marketing dialed in. You know, we don't we don't have to burn through that many leads anymore to get the right clients because we've kind of established ourselves in the market. You know, we I wouldn't say we are the foremost expert by any means, but there's a few companies that are like well known, and we're starting to get calls from people that kind of spoke to them initially and like, ah, eh, we didn't feel quite right. We actually just started a kitchen and we just started a kitchen design last week, which was from our biggest competitor, which is like a really, really well-established, really well-run company in the market. Mm. So that kind of was like, that's pretty cool to start taking business from those people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that's a, a fun fun milestone to hit. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And I know for them, they, they don't care. I mean, that's one of 50 that's you know that they're working on. But for yeah. me, it's like, sweet, I just took one of those from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, what about like crazy client stories or off the wall projects? There's always something in construction that comes up over the years. Is there is there a good story that you can pull out of the archives and share? Obviously, leave out personal details and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's always some good stories. This is more of a lesson because it actually just happened again fairly recently. Like when people tell you that budget's not an issue, it always is an issue. We have one particular client they, when we initially had the phone consultation with them, we said that project's going to be somewhere between about three to four thousand dollars. And he was just like, I can't do it. You know, I've got to keep it at 250. 250 is my absolute max. I was like, okay, well, we can potentially do something for 250, but we're gonna to have to make a lot of really smart decisions. He's like, Well, what do you mean by this? Like, well, you know, you're not gonna be able to have, you know, tile showers and stuff like that. We're gonna to have to go to fiberglass and that that kind of thing. It's like absolutely it's fine. During the design process. Things just got added and added. And every time you say, well, that's going to add a lot of money to your budget, it was, oh, no, it's a must-have. We have to do it. It's fine. Let's keep going. And the project ended up coming in at like $600,000. Jeez, yeah. And he was like, oh, well, you said it was going to be two fifty. dollars Well, we didn't stick to the guidelines. Like, you keep adding stuff. Like, he added a $50,000 tile floor in the basement that was never part of the scope. And it was like, that's a must-have. We must do it. Absolutely. No choice besides it. We must do it. So a lot of times, people will add stuff. But you really have to make sure that they know. You can't just say oh, that's going to push your budget. Because people don't hear that. They think $250,000, they go, oh, that's a lot of money. I can get whatever I can get. But in reality, that can escalate really, really quickly. In any case, we ended up moving, a, like we ended up parting ways. And he's doing the project himself right now. And he, I, don't, I still don't think he's going to be able to get it done for, you know, for what he was hoping for. I wouldn't say it's a funny story, but the amount of time that we invested and getting projects like that off the like I said, it just happened again recently. I mean, the client's still going to move forward with it. But when when that client rep told them this is the most expensive cabinet door that we have and the most expensive cabinet line, they're like, no, it's fine. We love it. We're going to go forward with it. And when they got the price, they kind of had sticker shock. Like they're still moving forward with it. But he, but he in his mind, he was thinking oh, it's an extra 5000 not doubling what they initially thought it was going to be. 
Yeah. 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 Everyone comes in with something in their, in their head about what it should be. And they usually don't have any context for what the reality will be. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, that that three, four hundred thousand dollar project, like that was just a client that really wasn't listening and they really weren't like their budget was really their budget. A lot of times people say, well, my budget's this, but if it goes over X amount, you know, they're fine with it as long as they get what they want. Where this other guy, they are like our ideal dream clients. Like it's like they they're gonna do it. They're moving forward with it. It was just that initial, oh wow. You know, so you kind of had to like talk to them off the ledge a little bit. They would there was no, oh, let's redesign or no, we can't do it. It was just kind of like, whew, wasn't quite expecting that kind of scenario, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What does the business look like today and where are you guys trying to go over the next couple of years? So last year, from a revenue standpoint, we did just, just under 1.5. This year, we want to double it. So our goal this year is 3 million. And ideally, within five years, we want to be a tenant. Nice. So that's kind of what we're shooting for. So you guys are um, in the, the scale-up phase right now? Yeah, we're definitely scaling. Like I mean, we, We're spending about 9 to 10% of our revenue on marketing right now. So that, that's a pretty aggressive ad spend. Yeah, yeah. Where are you guys spending that? Mostly on Google. Yeah. Mostly on Google right now. Yeah, right on. So yeah, you guys are in an exciting time, I'm sure. Just uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. Why do you want to get to ten? Is it a particular reason, or just a- it's just the first big stepping stone? Yeah. You know, once you kind of hit one, everything else in between one and ten is cool. But once yep. you hit ten, it's like you go from seven to eight figures. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's it's one of those stepping. yeah, one of those like inflection points there. So yeah, yeah that's cool. It's not going to be a continuous year after year growth. We'll probably. At some point or another, we'll kind of have to take a step back, just maintain the revenue, but kind of finalize the systems, the processes, bump up the margins or the profit margins, making sure that we're actually running a functional business that's actually capable of scaling, as opposed to just scaling for the sake of scaling and say, yeah, we did 10 million in revenue, but I paid myself, you know, 50 grand or something like that. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, the industry has certainly gone through a lot of change the last couple of years. What do you think are going to be like the big hurdles or challenges for the next couple? I think definitely the economy. And it's not that I'm, I don't think the economy is tanking. I think just too many people put too much emphasis on what's going on in the news and people get scared from it because we've definitely seen a little bit of a slowdown, you know, in lead flow and stuff like that. I think that's going to be a challenge, especially for somebody that's not quite established yet in the market and they, they've kind of been relying on word of mouth. Word of mouth is great. But if anybody tells you, I run my business strictly off word of mouth, if the economy goes down, you're going to be in trouble because you're not doing enough. You, you cannot get enough word of mouth business to keep a company running, especially not when you have an office and you have office staff and stuff like that. You're a guy that's running it out of your garage. Potentially, you can get by, but you're still going to take a significant pay cut, which is one of the reasons why we're doing like a lot of marketing right now. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we've got the office, we've got the showrooms. Our overheads are astronomical, at least from, it's really not, but from where I was three years ago, now I'm like, holy crap, you know, this is like, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to um, feed the machine, right? <laughs> yeah, but but we're planning for the slowdown. You know? So when everybody else is dialing back, we we become really aggressive in our marketing right now. Yeah, that's usually the playbook is when things slow down, you you double, triple, you know, down on yeah. things and yeah, get aggressive and get scrappy and yeah, get after it. So no, that's that's super cool. Well, there's a bunch of other remodelers out there listening. If you could leave us with like parting words of wisdom or final piece of advice, what do you want to leave us with? Let me ask you this almost. You do coaching, right? We do. We're a marketing agency. Yeah. You're, mar- okay, you're a marketing agency. Okay, gotcha. I would say the biggest training point I had in my business 
is when I actually got a business coach. You can do a trial and error, but just eliminate that trial and error and go to somebody that's done what you want to do that now is actually coaching people on how to do it. Get on board with them. And I guarantee you're going to pick up some golden nuggets there that's going to exponentially grow your business over the next 18 to 24 months as opposed to just trying to figure it out yourself. I feel like you should pretty much set up your LLC, get your insurance, hire a business coach and hire a CPA. Like right off the bat, before you do your first job, you need to have all four of those things in place and you will greatly increase your your success rate. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And Kobus, yeah, thanks for uh, for sharing your time and sharing your story with us today. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.